Hello and thanks for joining us on HearthCast, episode number 176 for patch 5.3, made possible by OpenRaid. Our topic for this episode is rare hunting. And now, from the excellence in podcast studios, it's time for another episode of HearthCast. This is Root, and I melt face on my Goblin War. And this is Freckleface, and I play a Goblin Hunter. We are a podcast for the casual World of Warcraft player. Coming up in episode number 176 of HearthCast, we'll learn how to corner the market on the auction house, find out how NPC scan can easily help you find rares and mobs, and we know the Curving Grounds is on the way. Are you ready? So, hey, Freckleface. Hey, Ruth. How are you doing? Okay. You're looking great. Thank you. Looking all... What's the word? You're, you're glowing. I have no idea. You're I'm glowing. glowing. Yeah. I have on lipstick, which is unusual. Oh, that's what it was. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there was something different. I caught that. I should get some kind of partial credit. You do. You get, okay. you get credit. Credit. Partial? Full. You get full. That's I get fine. full credit sure, for that. All right. That's cool. That's awesome. So, hey, what's been going on with you this week in the world of Warcraft? My undead pet battle team is um, stomping on people again. Good. Which I'm happy about. That was the same team that got its butt handed to it last week? Kind of. It didn't do as well last week as it is now. Oh. I guess it's partly luck. I have figured out, though, once I get stressed when I'm doing pet battles, I start losing more because then when on my turns, I'm not thinking. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm just kind of like, I'm mashing buttons faster rather than actually taking you the full time to figure out what exactly I want to do. I understand that. And it kind of puts me on a losing streak, and then I get stressed out about losing, and then I lose because I'm stressed out. And It's a vicious circle. It is. It really is. It is. You just lose, lose, lose. <laughs> so I'm trying to you know, take it a bit easier and all that stuff. I caught the unborn Valkyr the first time I went looking for it. Grats? Yeah. It's a pretty cool pet. It's over in Northrend. It oh. just got added in 5.3. Oh, okay. So really grats then. Okay. Yeah. So now I have every single pet you can get through pet <laughs> battles. I can unequivocally say that until 5.4, whatever they add then. Is there an achievement for that? Um, No. The achievement was the World Safari, which I got when I got the Kiraji Guardling. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. And this pet spawns in about two to three places per zone in Northrend. And I found a macro listed on WoW Ahead that just put a waypoint for all the points that it might spawn at. Oh, did you use Tom Tom for that? Or? Yes, I did. So, okay. And then I just went around in a circle and I hadn't sure. even gone around the full circle when I found it. So Ooh. that was pretty cool. Yeah. And I finally started a panda. What? Yeah. I think I have one. Do I? No, I don't. I don't know. We kept on threatening to make one together, and then it never happened. <laughs> never ha- no, I don't have one. And I just got, I don't know, super bored or restless one night, and just went ahead and made one. Yeah, I can see that. I've been wanting to make another mage for a while. Oh, you made a mage panda? Yeah. Ooh, I thought you would do a monk like everybody else. I have a dwarf monk, and it what made me reiterate my stance on range DPS range DPS being yeah, yeah. the role for me. But her name is uh, No Melee. Not Melee? That's what it looks like, but it's uh, No Melee. No Melee. Yeah. Because right. you don't do right. Melee. Yes. Got it. But it looks Chinese. Okay. So how about you? What have you been up to? 
I've had a pretty busy week. Busy? Yeah. Awesome. In, in game busy week. In, in no particular order, uh, I, I got my, my main on a, um, a full-time raid team in our guild. And we went on our first ever run into uh, Throne of Thunder. Awesome. And we've got a lot of growing to do. Oh. Yeah. 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 No place to go but up? No. Well, you know, it was just one of those things that a lot of, you know, a lot of people on, on this team have not seen this content at normal mode whatsoever. They've been in LFR. But not normal mode. So LFR is quite forgiving if you kind of mess a mechanic up. That's true. Normal mode, not so much. And so there was a couple times where we just it was it was not necessarily a DPS issue, more so more so than a uh, mechanics issue. I mean, even I screwed up. I wiped the raid once. What'd you do? I you know we're on the 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 first boss who does the 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 water on the ground. You know, and he electrifies the water. And when you're in the water, you get the DPS boost and everything, and then you get this little lightning ball that chases you around. I just completely missed that I had the lightning ball. And they're like, hey, hey Root, you got the, oh, too oh. late. Because if it hits you and you're in the water, it's going to kill yeah. everything. I just, I just, it just did not. But uh, you know, we, we, we finally got the, the first boss down, and we kind of went, okay, um, we need to gear some people up. Because we still have people in, you know, some lower gear. So I think we're going to go back and run toes, get through that. Okay. And uh, gear some people up and go back in there. Now, we know we're going to be hitting the first boss a bunch, like every week, um, to uh, to gear up as well. So it was cool. It was fun. Uh, you and I ran Kara. Yeah. Tempest Keep. And that other one. And then the other one. Serpent Shine Cavern. Serpent Shine Cavern. And then the other one over there, too. Uh, over in Archimond, whatever. Seth Calls. Yeah, Seth Calls. Yeah, yeah got absolutely nothing the entire night. You got a pet. I got a least. pet, yeah. yeah. At least you got something. You got mad at the chest part in Kara. I did. I quit after that. <laughs> I'm like, I'm doing something else. I ain't doing this anymore. <laughs> I got to go back and finish it now. <laughs> they sh- you shouldn't have to. It- <sighs> That should not be something you have to win in order to progress. If you win or lose, you should be able to progress. You think it should be a side boss? Yeah. The optional boss? Yeah. I can see that. Let me skip it or let me let me lose and continue. Uh-huh. You know? But don't make it something I have to complete in order to move on. I don't understand why we lost twice. I mean, I've, I've done it by myself once. Uh, same reason both times. Our king died first. Well, I know, but, you know, I read the guides before, and I had to do it, and I read a few of them, and they, and they all said, you can follow whatever strategy you want, and it's only going to work most of the time. Yeah. So yeah. I think we just had a bad night. So what else did I do? Um, oh, I finished up the secrets for the uh, legendary. Nice. So I got the secrets, I got the trillium, or done bars, rather. Okay. So now I got my tune camped out by Raytheon. He's in his little baby dragon form. Dragon King. I was like, yeah. oh, he looks so cute. I know. Chubby <laughs> wubby. You forget this is the son of Deathwing. He'll melt your face. That's, well, yeah. yeah. He will. He's the same size as my dragon pets, though. I know, but yeah, but they're your pets. He's yeah. not. You can't control him. I don't know. I can try. Can, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm over there. Um, ready to do that. I'm camped out. Ready to do that. Oh, you're ready to do this whole scenario? 
Yeah. You haven't tried it yet? No. See, I tried it again after I got my gear score up about 10 points when I first tried it. And it's still really frustrating. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I'm going to try it. See yeah, what we get. And since I'm not raiding, I'm kind of maxed out on what mm. I can actually get gear-wise. So I might have to wait till 5.4 until, until I can actually finish it. Or... Freckle phase. Uh-huh. You could just be present when our rating guild, a rating team in the guild, the primary one, pulls people in for a boss. But that would be rating. But you don't, you just, no, you don't understand. Uh-huh. They'll be like, hey, do you want to go? Because all of our tunes here have everything they can get off this boss. We'll carry you through this boss. Oh. And you just show up and pew pew. And then if something drops you can use, you get it. Hmm. Maybe so. Yeah. Yeah. He's good. Oh. Yeah. You should you should check that out. Okay. Yeah. I'll keep my eyes open. True. That. Very much. It's <laughs> crucial I, to rating. Yeah. I got the um over nine thousand achievement. Awesome. For my achievement points. That was cool. And with a bunch of this other stuff I've been getting, like um we'll talk about some of this a little bit later on, but I had to actually make some more Updates to tell me when. Some more tell me wins or whatever you want to call them. Uh, I got one now for uh, gear to let me know that, hey, you don't have your right gear equipped. Okay. So when I equip a particular gear set or a particular item, it's like, hey, this is on. So I know that's on. Um, if I don't have any particular buffs, it lets me know. And if my pet is on anything except assist... Like, if it's on defensive or passive, when combat starts, by the way, it lets me know that, too. Because for whatever reason, there's something. I just haven't taken the time to go dig and look for it. But my pet keeps, every so often, going on passive. Oh, that's weird. Very. And it's also upsetting. So now I have this thing, and as soon as that happens, if it's on anything except, you know, assist, I get this real deep voice that goes, you failed. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, do not fail. And I fixed that. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. So that's all right. So that's me this week in the world of Warcraft. Hey, Frank, we got some whispers here. Who are they from? Well, we had a few responses to our episode about things we just accept and the, the mount, the guaranteed well, mounts yeah. episode. Um, so Cole P says, you know, we just accept that we use our hands to cast spells, which pretty much makes staves useless. And wands. Yeah. Yeah. Like you only use your wand to like shoot things. You don't use a wand anymore. I do if I run out of mana or I'd use oh. to my mage every really? once in a while. Where do you put it? Maybe where do I put it? Where do you equip it? Maybe that was before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a long time that's ago. That's a long time <laughs> <laughs> That's what I used to do. Yeah, so did auto I. Yeah, you auto attack wand. with one. Pew, pew, pew. At one point in time, it actually made a difference. Because I had like different wands of different types, like a shadow wand, a nature oh. wand, an ice wand, a fire, you know. Right. And hmm. then you find the boss who, you know, hey, that boss is susceptible to fire damage. I pull out my fire wand. Let's go. You know, but that's not the case anymore. Um, but yeah, you just kind of do everything with your hands. Yeah, yeah, so kind of what's the point? I mean, you don't ever just take out your stave and beat people over the head with it, do you? No, I don't. Yeah. No. I'm clothy. I run. Exactly. <laughs> you run. <laughs> no touch. No touch. <laughs> That's me. Run away. No touch. 
Delorfin AIE says, where does the money go for postal charges and auction house fees? Uh, I guess something's got to pay for the rebuilding that Deathwing did. That's true. <laughs> you know, done tore the place up. And Varian did have that big statue of him put up in the uh, Stormwind. Yeah, yeah, that statue. That didn't Someone come had cheap. had to pay for him, yeah. yeah. Some goblin technology in there, too. Now. True. Or I guess Goblin, no. I mean, no, no engineering. No, no yeah. And Lignar from the Epic Podcast wanted to add another guaranteed mount, which is the Bronze Drake, and that has a 100% chance to drop from the heroic calling of Stratholm if you finish it within the timer. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that was like my first Drake. And now people just call that one the Welfare Drake. The Welfare Drake? Yeah. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, it's trivial now to beat the timer. You just run up and down, up and down, up and down, and go get your Drake. Up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, go get your Drake. If you did that at 90, the hardest part would be waiting on Arthas. It, it's what it is. Hurry up. Yeah, yeah. you're like, uh, dude, let's get through. <laughs> let's... Making speeches. Right. And... Slow down. Rest a while. No, dude, let's go. We got a Drake. Take this moment to catch your breath. No, no, no. Move. <laughs> let's go. Pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's a good one. Thank you very much for that addition there. And thank you, everybody, for the whispers. We appreciate those. Love those. If you want to whisper us, you can do so. Just send us an email to contribute to hearthcast.com. You can tweet either of us. Just wait for the information at the end of the show. Today's totally tantalizing topic. Rare hunting. What is it and why you should be doing it? Brought to you by OpenRaid.org. Open Raid allows players to form both cross-realm and local raid teams for scheduled runs, pickup runs, and just about everything in between. If you can't find anyone to run old content with you or you want to finally get that mount for meta achievements, Open Raid is your answer. Check out OpenRaid.org. So, Frank, you remember last week, I might have hinted to it the week before, too, that I, I tend to fixate. I fixate on stuff. Fixate. Yeah. So, what are you fixating on now? Rares. Rares. Yeah, and this happened probably now three weeks ago where I just, for whatever reason, I'm like, I'm going to kill that rare. And I killed a rare and, you know, it dropped some loot and I'm like, oh, cool. And so that got me, you know, asking the proverbial questions. What auto they drop? Where are they at? You know, we, you know, even though I knew half the stuff, I just kind of not paid any attention to them because before, quite honestly, they used to kill me. And that's not really fun. You go fight a rare, it kills you. That's not fun. You fight a rare, you kill it, get loot. That's fun. That's fun. And so I started, you know, finally getting my to the point where I could actually fight and win. And so I went going around and fighting and winning. And I would talk to people and go, "Well, do you guys, you know, do you guys go hunt rares?" And go, eh, "You know, I really haven't had time for this, or no, nah, not really." Or like you said, "I've got other things to do in the game. I want to go play the game, or whatever." I really think it's important enough to go over this in kind of more detail. So we're going to start off with basically what a rare is. And a rare is a mob in World of Warcraft that is uh, usually stronger than other mobs. It's got some kind of special ability from them, usually does anyhow, and occasionally drops some pretty high end loot. You can tell the rare because it's got a little silver dragon around its default portrait uh, on the nameplate that WoW gives you. And if it is an elite rare, it'll have a uh, wing to the next to that silver dragon. So the silver dragon has to have a wing on its back. So you can tell oh, it's I an elite rare. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's different types of rares, too. So that, that'll help you. Now, most of the rare mobs are named. Not all of them are. Most of them are going to be named. But just because you see a named mob doesn't mean it's rare. 
So if you're using the default UI, you want to look for that silver dragon. That's the key point on this one. They can be hostile to you. They can be neutral to you. They can be friendly to you. They can be all of those, you know, so you just have to look for that portrait. There's some other things we'll talk about that will help you find these rares, but always, always look. In my opinion, you should always be looking out for these rares. Now, types of rares in Mist of Pandaria. You've got eight types, and each of these have their own unique characteristics that you need to know about when you're fighting them so you don't end up dead. You've got the Jinyu. They do this. They're those are the fish people, by the way, like the guy on your on your, that you give the all the beer to. Right, you they're becoming friends if you're alliance. Right. Um, so the Jinyu, who are rare, they do this water AOE. It's interruptible, and they also do. I think they do a heal too. Don't quote me 100 percent on that one, but I know they do the water AOE because it can kill you if you if you're not careful. But it is interruptible. The Pandaren, which obviously the pandas are around. They do a spinning crane kick, which will kill you very, very, very fast. Now, there is a key, very important on this one. Is it interruptible? Yes. However, you can see them getting ready to do the crane kick. You know, they're like, oh, they're getting their chi ready. They're... Don't interrupt that. Because if you interrupt that, the next thing you do is right back to getting ready to do it again. Once that crane kick starts, that spinning crane kick, that's a green circle around them. And they go like that. Right. That's when you want to interrupt. As soon as, as, very soon as you see that, you interrupt that. Then that takes care of it until it cycles through again. Uh, but if you just interrupt when they start precasting it, so to speak, they'll just start precasting again. So you've wasted an interrupt. Uh, they also do a self heal. These are the guys that, as a ranged DPS, are usually the hardest ones we have to deal with. But wouldn't it be better to interrupt their heal rather than their kick? No. Really? Yeah, because that kick does a massive amount of damage. Like if if the kick is going off, if I am not doing my health funnel to the Voidwalker, my Voidwalker will die. What if you just run away? Then it it defeats the purpose of oh. killing the mob because then he'll just reset, and I've lost my Voidwalker and whatever. <laughs> I basically will will interrupt the um, spinning crane kick and DPS through the heal. Oh, because I can out DPS the amount he can heal. So the few times I've done that, I end up just dismissing my pet. That's just crazy. And just tough. staying away. That's just crazy. I, I guess you could dismiss it and run away, and then once the crane kick is done, you could call your pet back. So yeah, or just try to interrupt the heal and then just try to DPS down yeah. slowly. Could that might work? Yeah. Saurox. Those are those guys that. Um, I don't know. They look like stand-up, walking-around, dinosaur-looking lizard guys. Lizards, yeah. Yeah. Um, they have this unique ability where they fade or disappear, and you can't even target them anymore. And then they show up, and when they show back up, they kind of show up with an explosive, you know, really tight coil AOE. But if you're there when they show up, if you're in range, like you're right on their feet, and they pop up, you you'll die. Pretty good chance of it. So as soon as they disappear, I tend to get to my farthest range as possible. Then they come back, and then I go attack them some more. The Yangul, the Yangul, they're like kind of like a tauren, kind of like a close, probably yakish cousin to the tauren, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, they do a frontal cone of damage. You can see it on the ground. The ground kind of gets dispersed, a little bit of you know rubble on the ground, and then you do the boom. And so you want to stay out of that boom because again, it will do a lot of damage to you. It is interruptible. Um, those guys are my easiest ones because you can see that stuff on the ground and run around them and not, not have to worry about it. 
Hosen, who are the big uh, monkey-like guys. The Hosen throws a big banana. It's a big banana of doom. It's like a slow-moving... Boomerang? Boomerang, thank you. So they also do this crazy jump around thing. When they jump around, when they land, there's a small bit of AOE that goes out that if you're in the spot where they land, it it can make you dead, and that's not a good thing. Um, Jumping around, um, yeah, just stay out of the way. You can interrupt, but stay out of the way. So... Next, we have the Mogu Sorcerers. They do an AOE, and they also do a heal. So um, same rules apply. They're not too terribly difficult. The Mogu Warriors, they do a frontal cone of damage as well. You can see it on the ground. It's much more widespread. Uh, so if you are, like with the Yang Ghoul, you can be in front of them, but be in front of them away enough that it's not going to bother you. With the Mogu Warrior, that cone in front is much larger. So it's kind of harder to get out of the way. On that, what I typically do is if I'm close to the side, I'll get out to the side. If not, I will run through the Mogu and try to get to the other side, which ironically is what used to kill me back in the the raiding days (laughs) with my kill. (laughs) What I couldn't do. And lastly, we have the Manted. And depending on the mob, these guys can spawn tornadoes that go around that cause a lot of damage. Uh, They do this this crazy... um, Ginsu knife thing with their claws to your face, which really sucks. That would suck. (laughs) It does. It's like, like, "Eh, stop. So they're all basically, I mean, they all do, once you learn what they're going to do, they. You know what to expect. You know what to expect, right? So it it takes a lot of that. You can figure out how to manage this fight. One of the things that that I have learned with uh, the Pandaren in particular, because they happen to be the one I have the most problem with, is that they are neutral, they're yellow. When I target them, they're yellow. They're neutral. And so I would go park my pet, and I use the Void Walker so he keeps all the aggro. I park my pet right next to him, and I get at max range, you know, or a little before max range. And then I start my attack with my pet, and then I do my AOE, and then I start off my normal rotation. But um, that way, I'm second nature to them. So, Because, well, if not, a lot of times if you attack them first, and now your pet's running off to get them, they kind of meet halfway. They kind of they have more room to move around, but if you keep them back in a corner somewhere, then you know where their spawn point is. They're usually sitting down somewhere in a nice peaceful place, and you've gone to disturb them. They're just meditating, and now we're interrupting oh, them. Yeah, um, but that their movement is t- uh, tends to be a little bit limited when they're in there. Now, depending on where where you're at in the game, what your eye level is, what kind of DPS you're pulling, what your survivability is, what your damage mitigation is, how you are as a player, just it doesn't matter. Just where you are, you may need a group, at least one other player, to go with you to kill these guys. Uh, Frackleface, I've taken her, you, with me, rather, sorry, a couple times. At least once. Twice, maybe. And one of the things we recommend is if you have a two-seater mount, use that. Because even on the same realm, moving around, if you don't know 100% exactly where the where you're the person you're following me is going, the mini map it's, lags. Yeah, it's slightly laggy because I, yeah, I did that. I tried to follow you, and it looked like you're right next to me. And then a second later, you were off the mini. I'm map. off the mini map, yeah. right? And so, if you are going to be doing this, it's just so much easier just to get a you know a riding mount and go that way. Now, some of the stuff these rares drop. Frankface, I have an extensive list. <laughs> what is this thing? One, two, three, five pages long. Wow. Uh, of the Mr. Pandarium rares, what, uh, who they are, what they are, what they drop, what the effect of that is, and where these people hang out. Mine is coordinates. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, completing every rare on this list will get you uh, the glorious achievement. So I did not put a spot for a checkbox, but you can put your little own little checkbox on this, this sheet. I'm not going to go down this sheet. Uh, I am, though, however, going to make this sheet available for download at the at hearthcast.com where this episode is in our little uh, page. Let's say episode 176, you know, right there will be a link for the download for this. It's going to be a PDF. You can download, you can print it off, you can do whatever you want to with it. It's five pages. I'm not going to go down to everyone. What I am going to do is kind of talk about the stuff that they can drop. Some of them drop trinkets. I hate trinkets. They're like level 440 or something. 400, 410. What exactly? They have these cool abilities. Summon like, you know, I have one that summons like a circle of swords to fight for me. Yeah. Yeah. Get that off a mantid boss, I think. Pretty sure. Um, There's one that summons a bunch of pugs. I mean, they're neat. They're fun. They're cool, right? They're 400s, whatever. (laughs) Now, if we were smart, we would take those into the lower level uh, raids that we're doing every week. Oh, yeah. Use them there. Just for fun. Well. Maybe we'll do that. I've kept mine yeah. just in case Blizzard ever goes, you know what? <laughs> they won't, but just in case. Well, we'll never know. There are consumables that these guys drop. Uh, you got one of them already. You mentioned it's a 300% XP. Kroll the Blade drops that. He is a uh, Moga warrior. He uh, is over there by pretty much the top corner of Dread Wastes. Uh, and um, slightly west of the Gaze of the Setting Sun area. And what that'll do, it's consumable. You use it one time, it gives you 300% XP and rep bonus for one hour. So you can have as many of those as you want. You can only use it one at a time. So that's a consumable. There's another guy who grants you a 1,000 rep to all your Pandarian reps. Um, It's a one-time consumable. You can only use that once every seven days. So there are consumables that they drop. A lot of sellable items. A lot of these guys will drop bags, they'll drop gear, they'll drop stuff like that you can either teamog or sell, or uh, bags of goods, small bags of goods, large bags of goods. They drop these things. A lot of stuff you can disenchant if you know if you are a disenchant or, or no one. So it can be very profitable. What they drop is at least worth 10 gold, if not up to, if you look at the disenchanting materials, into the hundreds of gold. So it can be very, very profitable to run around and do this. Now, how do you hunt these guys? Now that we know who they are, we know kind of what they drop. Frex got some cool stuff that they've dropped. There are a couple add-ons that we'll mention later on that I recommend to use. But basically, if you know where these guys spawn, that is usually all you need to know. You go to the spawn points, you look for them. If they're there, you kill them. It's pretty much that simple. If you need DPS help or heals help, you take your friend along with you. You can roll on stuff, whatever the case might be. I've gone with groups in particular where I said I will pass on certain items. Like all I need is this. All I want is this. I will pass on all big bags, all small bags, whatever the case might be. So knowing where they are and being able to kill them are your two. And then being up, of course, those will be the three things that you need to kill the rares. Now, some people, they have paths or patterns that they take. Like I've got a particular path that I take that goes by a lot of rares. I see them. If they're up, I kill them. You know, that's about it. Other people just kind of happenstance on them and kill them then. So it really depends on your play style, rather, on how you're going to kill them. And if you're going to do a pattern or just if they're there while you're out, then they're there while you're out and you take advantage of it. That's completely up to you. Now, what I have found out is at least on 
uh, the server we're on, they tend to be camped pretty heavily, especially some of the ones that drop some of the more appealing uh, loot drops. For instance, one of the ones we talked about a couple weeks ago was uh, Solux Score. And Solux Shore drops this thing called the Crystal of Insanity, which gives you a plus 500 all stats for one hour. It counts as an elixir. It does not persist through death. But people like that because it's like free extra stuff. So that's cool. That guy's camped all the time. Uh, there's another one that turns you into Mr. Smite. That one's camped a lot. You're still waiting on that one. I did actually. Uh, I killed him the other day for about the third time. Still hasn't dropped? No, it's funny. It dropped down and there was an alliance druid trying to kill him. And I could tell he wasn't going to last. So I just <laughs> waited for him to die. And then I killed him very easily. And the alliance guy comes back and gives me the finger. Nice. So <laughs> Does a rude gesture? Yeah, it's a rude gesture. Nice. It happens. <laughs> yeah. But what was I supposed to do? The guy was in over his head. You you did exactly what I do. I yeah. sit and watch and then I show them how it's done. Um, another one that's that's up that I'm surprised is not camped as often, but I like it, is um San Tidehunter. He drops the Aqua Jewel. This guy is right by um Mogushan Palace. And this little Aqua Jewel gives you number one plus fifty percent swim speed, which is kind of cool. Gives you underwater breathing, which is alright, but I'm a warlock. But it also gives a watery effect on your tune. Oh, I've seen that. Right. Yeah. And your mount. So that's always cool. So those, you know, depending on what these guys drop, they're going to be camped. So I found, at least on the server I'm on, if I get on at about 6 o'clock in the morning, which I know most people think that's just insane, that these guys aren't, they're not there. Nobody's on. So I'm the only one there. So my competition is non-existent. Most of the time, all the rares are up. And I just go killing rares. Now, what I have done is I have a mining pattern that I use. And when I'm on this mining pattern, it happens to coincide with the location of a lot of rares. So I see a lot of rares, and when I see them, I kill them. So it happens a lot. Now, one of the rares, his name is Toros. He is a, yard, a Yangul. He drops Forager's Gloves. Now, what the Forager's Gloves do is they increase your mining and skinning by 1.6 seconds. Now, they have to be worn to do that. It takes the tink, tink, tink when you mine to one tink. Nice. All right. So it's, you, you kind of feel a little druidish, you know, <laughs> like I have faster. Um, that is one of the things that led me to making my tell me when alert to let me know when to have those particular gloves on because I have gone into combat without with those gloves on and, you know, wondering why I was doing so poorly. So tell me when does let me know when that's up. Now, here's the biggest problem. This is the, a dilemma that I currently face. It's to kill or not to kill. Rares, regardless of who they are, have a chance to drop consumables. They have a chance to drop stuff you can sell. You know, stuff, mining stuff, herbs, flowers, whatever the case might be. Gear. You know, they drop stuff. They have drop stuff that can lead to more XP, more rep, more money, a, a lot of stuff. In addition, a lot of these rares happen to drop these highly sought-after vanity items, some of which we've talked about tonight. Since I've got this pattern of mining and happening, you know, happening across rares, and when I see them, I kill them, it's been brought to my attention that I am depriving other people from being able to do that. My stance on that, I, I really don't want to sound like, you know, they have just as much chance as I do if they come on at 6 o'clock in the morning. I, I don't want to be, quote-unquote, that guy for this, you know, but that's what I am for this one. If I'm on doing my thing... 
and I'm doing my little thing at six o'clock in the morning. I'm going my route, and I've got my gloves on, and I'm doing my mining, my one tank instead of three tanks, and I see a rare cross my path. That rare will die. If there is something on my list that I don't have that I want to have, there's you know pretty much one thing left that I want off of here, I will go directly to that rare to try to kill it. If I'm going somewhere and I happen to go across a rare, like you and I were doing the World Boss Tour the other night from Open Raid, and uh, one of the rares was up, and I dropped down and I killed the rare, and she happened to drop her little uh, druid. Do you get one druid? benefit from her. overgrown lily pad right the overgrown lily pad she dropped that i'm like hey <laughs> and you showed up real quick but yeah, i guess you couldn't loot it could you no right because nobody was I in my vicinity, vicinity when, when, yeah. when you killed it and uh i got several whispers like you should have waited you should have waited i, I could have been there in 30 seconds and i'm like i ain't got time to wait because you know you should have just not said anything. <laughs> right? Probably not. See, your error is thinking that people could just come up and loot it. Yeah, I thought people might be there. closer to me. And you were pretty close, but not close enough. It, so. Well, if they, were, if they were close, it would have popped up as a roll. True. Yeah. True, true, true. Now, I personally, now here's the thing. If I'm flying from one place to another, right? I said, if I'm flying from point A to point B and I'm taking a direct point you know like here's where i'm going i'm going to the east so let me point my tune to the east and let me press my auto fly button let me go if i see a rare i'm going to deviate my path unless somebody's like desperately waiting for me to show up i'm going to deviate my path and i'm going to go down and i'm going to kill that rare in that same vein because i know that i'm like that if i'm going to go say for instance to the isle of thunder I will take a flight point or flight path. I will leave the room <laughs> because I know how I am. I'm fixated on killing these rares. So if I see the rare, the rare will die. And I don't want to be the guy who, you know, is depriving people from the possible vanity item or the loot from the game. But at the same time, like I said, everybody has that exact same chance that I do to kill that rare when it's up. I don't see it depriving, but I mean, there's so much cool stuff. Like I said, this list is five pages long. Like I get in, when I get in the game, the very first thing I do is I hit my uh, 500, you know, my my chaos thing. I can't, can't think of names. I'm so bad with names. Uh, Crystal of Insanity. So I get the, the plus 500 to all my stats for one hour. I then hit my overgrown lily pad, which gives me a druid, which gives me restore, rejuvenate rather. See, I just get the dash, which I don't really need. Yeah. I wish I had the healing So I get, I get the rejuve. It's based um, according to your class. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is. Over by um, our buddy um, Galleon, a rare war scout, not to be confused with the war scouts, because this guy's not that tough at all. This is just a rare war scout. He spawns, and he walks across and swims across the... The water then rocks across the side again. He just his little pattern. He drops a a uh, a vision of himself. You basically, for one second, you're aggro, off the aggro table. A big war scout spawns, and then runs screaming off away from you, and it attracts everybody. Kind of aggroes to it, which is a lot of fun to use. Um, well, not fun to use, but I mean, it has saved my butt already probably four or five times. Because I'll get in a situation, I'm like, no, 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 get away. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I'll hit that guy, and I always look towards my my 
whatever pet I've got out. Like if I'm if I'm out, usually if I'm not in a group, I've usually got my Void Walker out because I don't like aggro. And so I'll point to my Void Walker. I'll hit my button to launch that uh, the War Scout clone dude. He goes running off, and it only lasts like three seconds. But that's enough for the mobs to go over to where my Void Walker is and not around me. And that one happens to be one of the most fun ones to uh, uh, use in the middle of uh, LFR. So it's really fun. Freaks people out. I bet. <laughs> so, um, but those are really cool. What do you think, Freck? What is your experience so far? I know you're like, you know, haven't done a lot, but you've got some stuff from them. I have. Um, it's mostly just been when I've happened to see rares. I don't know that I go around looking for them the way you do. Um, it's, it's kind of funny because, hey, you, you've dragged me a few times and I've always kind of felt like, oh, I should be doing something else. But then something really cool dropped, and I get really excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I only kind of half drag you on mine. Yeah. Because usually when we're going, um, when I go, I'm, I'm mining at the same time. So it is beneficial to me, and it happens, it's just like icing on the cake for the rares. When I take you, I'm going on rare to rare to rare to rare to rare. In fact, right now, we are working on your glorious achievement. So you are going to look at who you have left on that and then go kill those guys. So that'll take a couple hours. We'll be done with that. Yeah, we've got about six left, I think. E- easy. Yeah. So just meet me at six o'clock in the morning. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was quick. So just stay up then. <laughs> That's more likely. <laughs> yeah, just stay up. Wait for me. Uh, I'll get on at six. <laughs> and, and we'll go. We'll go do that. It's it's that simple. I don't know. This is where I kind of want to hear from the listeners. If you think that uh, me seeing a rare and killing a rare is depriving other people from the game, uh, then let me know. Or if you think that it's something where they have exactly the same chance I do, then you know, let me know that too. Waiting to hear from you. Awesome add-ons. If you do decide to go rare hunting, there are several add-ons that can really make it a lot easier and more efficient. There is an add-on called Silver Dragon, which scans the area, will give you a pop-up and or a noise when it sees a rare. It gives you a little box that you can click to target, and it will put one of the markers on it. I think it does a the purple diamond. Purple diamond, yep. Yes. It also keeps a little um, cache of when the last time you've seen something. So if you see it, like for example, like you're talking about being on a flight point... And you see rare as you're flying away, and then you want to go back to it, it will tell you last seen at these coordinates. NPC scan also does very similar, similar thing. It gives you a pop-up saying the name of the mob, you can click to target it. NPC scan overlay is a separate add-on, but it works with it or works without it, either way. Um, but it actually puts on your map and your mini-map um, colored areas for all the different rares that spawn in that zone and even if there's like six it'll come with different colors for all of them it'll show you the path that they take so if you're going to go farming you're not just looking one spot you can go up and down to where they like to walk around yeah and sometimes where it shows you is a a very small square because you know the person just sits there or stands there or whatever and if you're like me my eyes are getting kind of old sometimes it's hard to see like you get like a little white square that's on the the yellow background. I'm like, where is it? <laughs> Another thing you want to use is handy notes for your mini map. 
especially the plugin Lost and Found. Because if you are going around looking for rares, you might as well be looking for treasures at the same time. Very true. I found one the other day by happenstance because I don't have that add-on. I found a sword or something. Dagger. Some dude's dagger. Yeah. And there's lots of cool stuff to pick up as as treasures. In fact, when we were on that World Bosses run and we were all going from Galleon to Shaw, we passed over this little cave and I saw the Lahaney Notes icons. So I went and checked and um, I found this hair pick. Uh-huh. It was like this ghostly hosen. It was in this uh, cave, and it's like, oh, it's a tick remover. Ew! <laughs> it was vendored for a hundred gold. Oh, I remember you linking that. Yeah, yeah grow some people out. I remember. I like, yeah, yeah, someone started freaking out about it, but <laughs> yeah. I was like, it's a hundred gold. We both also got the uh, the uh, the ancient fisherman guy. Yes. So. Yeah, that's actually. It's weird. It shows up as lost and found because it's like a rare mob, but you don't kill him. No, you, you just go you talk just, to you him. talk to him, and he gives you something. Yeah. The same thing with the ancient uh, woodcutter. Yep. Yeah. And the mining pick. That's just fine. Um, I used that thing. I, it's supposed to give you more stuff from fishing and pools. I guess it did. I don't know. Yeah. I'm kind of sad they specified in Pandaria because, yeah. you know, fishing tournament. True. Yeah. Would have been nice, but not to be. Um, so, Silver Dragon or NPC Scan, um, whatever your preference. And also handy notes, lost and found to find treasures while you're also hunting rares. One quick note, there are also some bat files and other NPC scan-based add-ons that will remove the creature cache from NPC scan. Uh, this is probably one of the biggest annoyances that it has in that once it caches that rare, it may not show you that rare next time you come across it. Oh. Uh, so it will not alert you. you got to go looking around for it, which if you've come to expect it to alert you, and it doesn't, then that's not a good thing. Um, I wrote my own little bat file to do it, but then when I was doing the research for uh, this 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 episode, I saw that there are actually add-ons that will delete that for you. Um, some of them are bat files that will delete it and then launch the game, which is what mine does, or others just happen, you run it, and it deletes it for you. So has to be done with the game uh, not playing. You have to be out of game to delete the cache. Buy, sell, craft, and loot. Frankface, you ever wanted to control a market on the auction house? You know you do. No. You make a lot of gold, so you know you want to. I do? You do. Okay. And I'm going to show you how exactly easy it is to control a market. How exactly easy? How exactly easy. (laughs) To control the market means you've got the only sensible items on the auction house for people to buy. It is difficult, it is time-consuming, it can be expensive, but in the end, it will pay off if you do it properly. So let's take a case. Let's say um, Ghost Iron Ore. I want to sell Ghost Iron Ore on our server for 80 gold a stack of 20. Historical data that I look at over at WoW Auction shows that it sells for this price and sometimes more. So I know that it is reasonable for my server. I also have personal experience selling it at that level to know that that data is actually accurate. So I know it will sell and has sold and will continue to sell at 80 gold a stack. The other thing I know about our server is early in the week, a stack of 20 ore, ghost iron ore, sells for between 70 and 78 gold a stack, not the 80 gold a stack. So I go and I buy and stockpile 
anything I can purchase, any full stack, up to 75 gold. Five gold below what I want to sell at. That's important. Throughout the entire week, I will maintain four or five stacks of ghost iron ore at 80 gold a stack on there. Thursday or Friday night, which happens to be when our server starts getting busy, I will dump half of my stockpile onto the market while continuing, obviously, to continue to buy out anything that is between 70 and 75. Saturday rolls around, I dump the remaining half of my stockpile. Whatever I've got left, I'm dumping it on the auction house at, again, 80 gold. I'm throwing those 80s up there. At the same time, I continue to buy out anybody who is at 70 to 75, and I relist them at 80 immediately. So what I'm doing is eliminating my competition by buying them out. As long as there's a profit margin in it for me, I will buy them out. If not, if there's no profit margin, if it's between 75 and 80 gold, there's not enough profit margin in there for me to buy them out. I'm not going to buy them out. I'll let other people buy them out. I'll let the rest of the general public take care of my competitors on there. If not, I'm going to end up losing money. I don't want to lose money. I'm not in it to lose money. I'm in it to make money. So I continue to cultivate it. It's just like tending a garden. You've got to weed it. I got to go and I got to go. I have to buy out the people who are undercutting me reasonably. I have to have my margin. I get my margin. I throw it in there, buy my stock, so to speak, and I continue to build my stockpile, relist stuff on a continual basis, dump on this on when I know my servers is high, high volume of players on there. My bank tune has a hearthstone. I'm still debating whether or not I should get rid of that. I can just get it again from an innkeeper. Yeah, I can. And it's a mage, so <laughs> I don't really need a hearthstone. But that's all he has. Everything else is 100% devoted to the auction house. I've had up to 78 stacks of ore out there selling at 80 gold a stock. Most days, I make about 1,000 gold, maybe a little more. Some days, I make a lot more. Some days, are 5,000 gold. But on the average, I would say that I'm pulling in about a thousand gold a day. Now, the other thing that I do to prevent myself from purchasing too much is I leave my character with about a thousand gold. Anything else that he has, any gold money he has, I take that, I send it off to my main. So I leave myself with a thousand gold to buy up what I can buy up, relist what I can list, and continue to play the market as I play the market. So recapping this, listen real close. This is all the steps. There's only five steps you got to have here. You need to have plenty stacks of whatever it is you're going to sell. You need to have enough capital, liquid capital, in other words, gold you can spend, to buy out competitors where you know you can make a profit. That's that five gold margin. You have to keep a constant flow of your items on the auction house, four to five of those every day. Make sure they're there. You have to know when your server is busiest, that's when you're going to dump all your stockpile. And you have to keep the ratio of supply and demand in your favor. In other words, don't be afraid to cancel an auction if you realize you're not selling. Like The only reason I had my 78 auctions going out is because every time I was putting an auction up, it I wasn't done and I was getting, you know, a buyer has been found for your stack of, of ghost iron or wolf fine. That means I need to put more out there before, you know, somebody else does basically. 
if I put 80 out there, 80 stacks out there, and they weren't moving, I'm probably going to go ahead and cancel those, you know, not waste the time. Once you have that, and people see your name up there 80 times, or so your stacks, or you're just there, you pretty much control the market. There are always, always going to be undercutters who come in at one copper underneath you. Let other people deal with them. Let other people buy them out. You don't have the time. You're not going to make any money on it. You worry about people who are five gold difference. Buy them out. Get rid of them. Flip their stuff. Put it back on the auction house for, for the, your price. And let people buy that from you and make five gold on the process. One of the things you have to remember is that playing the auction house is almost like a full-time game in the world of Warcraft. It does take time. It's not something you can just go willy-nilly do. Uh, so... Remember that it's there. Remember you have access to tools like the remote auction house, both on the web and your phone. And use some add-ons that will actually help you out a lot as well, such as Auctionator or Auctioneer, whichever you prefer. So good luck with that, and tell us your stories about cornering the markets. A feature that has been confirmed to be released with 5.4 is the Proving Grounds. This is something that Blizzard has been talking about for a long time, and we're finally going to get it. What it is, it's a new feature for individual players to test and improve their combat skills. And we already have training dummies in all the cities, which is great for DPS. Right. And DPS being a static target, mm -hmm. just to find out what your number is. Sure. Um, but what the grounds are going to do is that it will have trials designed for damage, tank, or healer roles. And that's something we've really been lacking so far as, you know, how do you test your heals? Use a warlock. <laughs> <laughs> There's been no simulation. There's been no way to simulate that role or simulate a tanking role. Now, each trial is going to be available in four separate difficulties, uh, bronze, silver, gold, and endless. Endless mode allows you to test your metal against increasingly difficult enemies. And you, then you can compare your best scores to friends and guildmates. Hmm. So it's basically, you're going to die at some point. <laughs> it's just how long can you last? Right, survival mode. Right. Kind of like the Space Invaders game where it keeps getting faster, faster, faster. Yeah. You're going to yeah. die. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. But, yeah. Now, this is very important for casual players because it's going to allow us to learn at our own pace and allow us to learn without the stress of wiping a group. Yeah, you know, that's one of the worst things that, that you see is when someone goes, well, I'm a new tank. Yeah. But you're level 90 and you're an LFR. Yeah. Don't learn here. But where else are you going to learn? Right. It's a big barrier to entry because you go into, if you're geared enough and you go into like a level 90 dungeon, I mean, everyone can pretty much take it. So there's not that much to practice against. But even then, as a DPS on a level 90 dungeon, mm -hmm. if I go in there, I pull aggro a lot. Yeah. You know, it's like, whoa, stop. No, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want aggro. But it, like you said, it gives us, it takes away that stress of that happening, you know, having a, a warlock pull aggro from a tank, not a good thing, because then you get ridiculed by everybody else. So it takes that away, allows you to learn your own pace, allows you to learn without wiping everybody. And that's cool because, you know, me, one of the reasons I don't level a tank or a healer is because of those exact same reasons. I don't want that extra stress while I try to figure out the class. Yeah, I gotcha. So if I'm in there alone, just tanking away, or if I'm in there alone healing, then fantastic. This allows me to to test things, 
you know, you, you may just get a brand new, what if you get a brand new add-on? You know, now you're going to get this whole new way to heal. Where do you go test that? Now you get a place. You go to the Proven Grounds. You test it out. Maybe try new macros. It's, it's, just, it's just really good. You know, just really, because I mean, on the training dummies, I do go in there. And that's where I was testing my my tell me when stuff. Like, let me know when this happens. Like, okay, it's doing it right. Very good. But it doesn't give you the combat experience to know. So I like that about, about the Proven Grounds. You see any negatives with it? It depends on what could happen with it. I mean, it could just turn into the next item level <laughs> or gear score. Oh. Yeah. Oh, like in the days when I used to group up in front of Dalaran and be like, no, you got to show me your gear score if you want to go in this room. Right. So be like, hey, uh, have you done Proven Grounds? What are you, bronze? Huh. We're looking for, looking for someone either, you know, silver, gold, maybe endless, you know. Can you link that for me? Oh, you don't have that? Uh, well, hang out over there. If we don't find anybody, uh, maybe we'll come get you. Hmm. <laughs> you know? You know what I mean, though? <laughs> I see what you mean. Be like, hey, looking for one more. We're going to go uh, do this, you know, whatever. Here, I'll go with you. What's your uh, proving gun record? Oh, hmm. you know, we're not taking anybody's not endless, so... Sorry, but maybe if they just allowed you to share that with guild baits or people on your friends list, that might detract or deter that to be used as a measuring stick. That's my only fear, is that it gets used as a measuring stick. So hopefully they find a way around that. Everybody, thank you so much for being a part of HearthCast episode number 176. It just wouldn't be the same without you here. Darkmoon Fair is going on. We'll get so your wee buff. Don't forget that. Don't forget your wee buff. Our next WoW meetup is going to be this Friday at Firkin and Kegler's at 6 p.m. I feel like I haven't been there in like a month. Yeah, you missed the last one. Oh, yeah, I was sick. Yeah, you're sick. Brutally sick. Yes, On my brutally. deathbed. We're also looking forward to our next recipient of our Hearthy Award. Don't forget, you can't win them. You can only earn them. And we're looking forward to our next contestant on AoE. We do have one in the wings, but we'll need one after that. So if you are available for 15 minutes between 6 and 9 p.m. Eastern Time Zone and would like to challenge myself or Root, send us a message through SpeakPipe on HearthCast.com. I'd like to give a special thank you to all the people who've left us five-star reviews on iTunes, all of our friends and followers on Twitter and Facebook, with a special shout-out going to Evlix, Ben Reddington, and Epic Insanity for your comments this week. We appreciate that and the congrats and all that kind of stuff. While you're out and about on the internet, go by egonetworks.com. Check them out. Rich Fisher's doing a fantastic job leading this motley crew of crazy podcasts. Not just WoW podcasts. There's Star Wars podcasts. There are nerd podcasts. There's movies, TV shows. You name it. Except for origami. We don't have an origami podcast. It's going to be difficult. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Fold it like this. It's like a cookbook with no pictures. And then fold it like that. Here, I'm doing origami. That's a happy little fold. Mm, I think what it needs is a little bit of a ruffle. Yeah. Such a happy ruffle. Give me out. <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember that dude with the hair? He used to do the painting. Are you talking about Bob? Yeah, Bob. Yes, I know Bob. Imagine you can't Bob. just like listen to Bob. You have to watch him. <laughs> we can you imagine Bob doing origami? That's a happy little fold. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, man, I tell you what. Also, just go take out training dummies with their buddies, Hind and Hot Pox, and whoever they have on as their special guests. They do a fantastic job over there. They are the walking, talking encyclopedias of wow. Lend them your ears. Also, if you have an ear, go check out Vota Kick with Synergy, Akari, Clips, and Drathon. They are an explicit live podcast over on twitch.tv slash vote number two kick. They just had their 69th episode, which I think they labeled it a double explicit. You dive bombed them. Did you get anything or did you have to leave before the show started? Or I, I got there before they'd started. And then for some reason, the chat room didn't update, so I didn't realize that they had started. Oh. Because I, I had paused it for the pre-show. Right. And yeah, so I came, ended up coming in the middle of it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Did you stay? I stayed for a lot of it. Okay. Cool. I had to go. I forget what I was doing. It was Wednesday night, right? Yeah. Because they, they record their shows Wednesday at 8? Usually. Nine, somewhere down there? Yeah. Anyhow, for some other great WoW podcasts, go check out the WoW Podcast subreddit over at reddit.com forward slash r forward slash WoW Podcasts. That's plural. You'll find the latest and greatest WoW podcasts stemming from everywhere across this planet we call Earth. And if there was one on the ISS, they'd list it there too. I'm telling you, they're that thorough. So go check them out. That is, again, reddit.com forward slash r forward slash WoW Podcast. Remember, folks, I will have... This PDF up on our website for you at episode number 176. You can download it there. It's going to have a list of the name of the rares, what they drop, what that effect is, and where they are for you. No coordinates, but it does tell you exactly where they are. So grab that, check them off, and get your glorious achievement. You can be part of next week's show by sending us your questions, comments, or any other feedback. Send an email to contribute at hearthcast.com. Tweet me at hearthcastfreck or root at hearthcastroot. You can like our Facebook page or send us a voice message on hearthcast.com using SpeakPipe. No registration or installation required. We'd again like to thank our sponsor for Season 5 of HearthCast. That is OpenRate. Go check out OpenRate today. Get signed up. Get in there. I'm running an ICC Meta run this week, which is going to get me a new Drake. The one with the bones. We're doing ICC 10. Meta run. We get them out. Flying them out. Bones. I'm so jelly. I'll be busy that night. I know. I'm going Saturday night at like 8. I'm going to sushi then. Uh, I'm a little jealous of you now. <laughs> so that's cool. No, that if you're going to go somewhere and not get them out, sushi is a good place to go and not get yeah. them out. So I'm going to get them out with my open rate run. It's going to be a blast. You guys should shine up for open rate tonight. You could join me in a run when I publish runs. I'll complain about not being able to run them at sushi though. <laughs> I will send you text updates. I'll tell the waitress, I'll be like, this issue better be good because I'm missing an ICC meta run right now. I, you know, here's the thing. I, w- I was about to say, I doubt you would say that. Uh-huh. I can't say that because you might say that. And if you're going to the sushi joint, I think you're going to, they might play well. They might, yeah. Because they're like younger, hipper crowd. Unless you get some mama-san in there, which then I would laugh. But then again, we did have that one lady who worked at the gas station who was power-leveling her son. So that's funny. We'll see. Anyhow, thanks you guys so much again for listening to episode number 176 of HearthCast. Until next time, this has been Root. And Freckleface. For HearthCast.com. Italian. No melee.
Um, I don't know that Italian uses the E-I. Epa, epa, no, man. They spell it different. Oh, okay. It's me, normally. Hey. That's one of the weirdest looks you've ever given me. Just saying. Did I ever tell you about the ebook that I read with an Italian inflection? Did it have William Shatner narrating it? No, it was a book that I had downloaded and somehow the text had gotten messed up. So it added an A to random words. <laughs> <laughs> so some of the dialogue would be like, Stop that! It's me! <laughs> it's very distracting. <laughs> I, I, could say, I could, yeah, I would agree. That would, <laughs> especially for like in a real tense moment. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the butler. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> will you will you marry me? <laughs> it's not working here. <laughs> yeah, video we're gonna take out your stick and just beat people with it. Huh? <laughs> it wasn't that much of a difficult sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Open raid allows players to form both crossbelled rain teams. Open raid allows players to form <clears throat> Open raid allows players to form both crossbelled rain <laughs> I do not like the big bananas. At all. And uh, stay away from them. <laughs> Take, take Roots Advice and stay away from the big bananas. <laughs> words of wisdom. <laughs> True words have never been spoken by Root. 